to ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory there is no survival. Now, we are the masters of our faith. Real People USA LLC is a campaign consulting firm based in Northern California, which helps Republican candidates with campaign systems, political messaging, and campaign fundraising. Myself, Rick uh, Napier, I was born and raised in Tampa, Florida, and I have a work history which includes 12 years working as a California Fortune 500 company, operations and sales manager. A lot of that time was in Los Angeles, and I served in the United States Air Force as a combat communication specialist in many countries. Today is Saturday, May 14th, and I am pleased and honored to interview Roxanne Hogue, candidate for Los Angeles County Supervisor District 3. And Roxanne serves the most popular cities in Los Angeles near the Hollywood Studios and beyond and beyond. So if you if you know of a popular city in Los Angeles, chances are Roxanne is running for that that uh, for the uh, county supervisor uh, uh, position in that city. And Roxanne's website is super Roxanne. That's S U P E R R O X A N N E dot com. And I just want to give listeners a short bio on Roxanne. Roxanne Beckford was born in Kingston, Jamaica. She immigrated from the island in the late 1970s, graduated from boarding school in South Florida and uh, from Davidson College with a degree in psychology in 1986. After working in public and community relations in Miami for Citibank and the Rouse Company, she arrived in Southern California in the late 80s to become a working actor. She has done that now for 30 years, started out playing Whitley's cousin on A Different World, and that's a show I used to watch a lot of. And she (laughs) continued to appear in television and movie roles, even while marrying her husband and having raised four children. So without further delay, I would like to welcome Roxanne Hogue, to the Real People USA podcast. Good morning, Roxanne. How are you doing? Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. And it's a beautiful day in Southern California, like most of our days, um, which we're pretty lucky to live here. Absolutely, and I spent a good five to six years uh, working in Los Angeles, and my wife is from uh, South Central Los Angeles, and I think I've been in L.A., and I know Los Angeles better than my wife. And she was born and raised there. So, so yeah. So in addition to the very short bio, Roxanne, I just announced, please add anything that you would like L.A. County residents and the country to know about Roxanne before you begin to give reasons why you decided to run for L.A. County Board of Supervisor District 3 against Democrat and career politician Sheila Cool. Well, First, I think what's most important is for people to understand the district um, and even the job, because it's one of those incredibly unsexy bureaucracy and and elected positions that people don't really pay attention to. And most 
counties in the United States have a board of supervisors. Um, there's 3,200 counties, give or take, in America. And L.A., yes, is the most populated one. And what's crazy about it is that we have five people, five people representing 10 million people. And it's not mm-hmm. just the cities that you know of, like Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, and the city of Los Angeles itself. It's all the unincorporated areas of L.A. as well. So each one of those five people, um, I'm running to represent 2.1 million people. It's really ridiculously large. It should be at least doubled the number of representatives. Um, and as a, the, the funny thing about it is, yes, I'm running to replace Sheila Kuehl. She's not running again, which is an interesting thing for an entrenched politician to do. I don't know about in your experience, Rick, but in mine, they never give up a seat before their time. <laughs> ever, ever. The woman's 81. Diane Feinstein, like, has anyone even seen her alive lately? Um, but Sheila is, is giving up, and there may be some legal issues coming down the pike for her, which may be why she's not running again. I don't know. But it's an so it's an open seat in a nonpartisan race, and so even though I have minor kids at home and said I would never do this again, I'm just delusional enough to to try. Absolutely, and we thank you for running, and my son thanks you for running. I mean, he he is a voter in your district, and he is excited uh, to vote for you. He's a techie down in Los Angeles, so he's very excited that you're running because he has seen things, I'll just put it that way. So, so yeah. Roxanne, why did you decide to run for LA County Supervisor representing District 3? I think most people in America, and I'm an immigrant from Jamaica, but most of us, whether we are born here or we get here as soon as we can, like I did, most people trust other people who are in government or other leadership positions, right? We we go, well, we're gonna be focused on our families, our businesses, our, our friends, our own lives, and the people that we elect have my best interests at heart. Whether I agree with them politically or not, I, I sort of, I think, you know, we all have the, this concept that they're, they're public servants, by golly. <laughs> well, it turned out, not so much. And that was thrown into stark relief during the pandemic lockdown, which in Los Angeles became very, very apparent very, very quickly that they were using children as ballast, um, as sort of bulletproof vests with no, with no medical reason to do that. So I and a group of mostly mothers, but a lot of parents, of public and private school, school-aged children saw the immediate ill effects, the suffering that was happening to our children for no for no gain. And we, you know, at, like parents, you, you track things down. Where is this coming from? What's the source of this noise? Where does it hurt? And it turns out that the County Board of Supervisors are the ones that elevated, enabled, and um, and really just bowed down to the LA Department of Public Health, which it turns out is not run by doctors. It, it's actually yet another um, group or um, 
profession that's been taken over by what we like to call social justice warriors. Wow. Well, you said a mouthful there. And uh, again, what you just said, just so that listeners, if they didn't hear you, you said five people control 10 million people in Los Angeles County, which is a bigger than New York, bigger than the metropolitan area of New York, place where I used to live. Uh, It's just huge. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, they used to be called, actually, um, you know, back in the old days when men ruled the world, there were five men, and they were referred to as the five kings, because what they said went. Now, it was also true that there was a little bit more viewpoint diversity, so they would argue and hash things out and come to conclusions, much like, you know, a prosecution and a defense, hash things out, and then the judge or the jury decide, but now... For the past couple of years, we've had five women, which everyone thought was a big deal, even though no one can define what a woman is. And (laughs) these five women are basically the cast of The View. Mm -hmm. We have one moderately, you know, sane person. She happens to be a Republican. Again, it's nonpartisan. But one sane person and then four people who just, they spend all their time defunding the police, banning single-use plastic utensils and straws and passing resolutions to stop official travel to Texas and Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I recall uh, here in Northern California, Sacramento and San Francisco, it seems, uh, Roxanne, that they started with these, these small items to test the waters. Oh, you can't use plastic straws. Oh, you can't yep. you know, use um, paper bags. So move to this plastic. Uh, use a straw that doesn't work. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was just a little, it was like they were like nibbling at our rights and our freedoms going back eight years, going back to like 2008, 2009. It seems like, I'm so and glad now you things have hit ahead. I'm so glad you said that. That's exactly when I started paying attention to local office because mm-hmm. it didn't make, again, it didn't make any sense. And from people who purport to be for the working class and I care about, well, what about the woman who takes a bus to work and then another three buses to get home and needs to carry a bunch of groceries with her instead of having, you know, a Tesla to put them in the trunk of? Well, you, those, those plastic bags, first of all, they were never single use. People reused them for doggy bags or garbage bags or whatever, and they were easy and compressible. And you could carry, you know, a week's worth of groceries in two hands. And now they've quadrupled the amount of plastic in each bag. They charge us for it. No one tells us where the money goes. And you have to toss them out or recycle them because they're useless. That's right. That's right. Roxanne, here's my next question. As a person like myself who used to work in Woodland Hills as a corporate executive and spending a major portion of my my working years in Los Angeles, how have you seen Los Angeles change over the last 10 to 20 years? Well, the crazy thing about LA is that when I got here in the late 80s, um, I remember going to Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica. And, you know, it was kind of disgusting. It smelled like human urine. There were um, there were homeless people and, and, and weird junkies on the corner of Sunset and Vine, the storied, you know, fabled Hollywood spot. Um, and then it got better. And then it got 
LA was having a renaissance and it was clean and we decamped to the valley because as I always say, we have four kids. So every time we had another one, we had to move further north. But no matter where you were, it, it's still paradise. You know, from from Compton to Pacific Palisades to Pomona, you can walk outside or be on your balcony and see palm trees and which are not native and and enjoy the sunshine. And then we just took a nosedive in really, I remember about 2017, as soon as we didn't push back on the ACLU suing for the rights of people to live, camp, defecate, and shoot up on the street, it was over. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I recall that too in San Francisco. San Francisco, believe it or not, oh. used to be when I was a club DJ in downtown San Francisco, it was a, it was actually a fun city, a little New York city. And then over time, mm-hmm. it just devolved into this nightmare that it is today. And uh, so you're absolutely correct. Now, Roxanne, here's a, here's a deep question I need to ask you. And, um, so when I, when I worked in, in LA and, my, and visited my, my, my in-laws in Los Angeles, Los Angeles residents projected this lifestyle that they had total freedom to do whatever they wanted, whether you liked it or not. If you were living in Nebraska and you didn't like uh, the lifestyle in L.A., what you saw on TV, oh, well, L.A. residents, they had this 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 perception and this reality, in a sense, that they can live whatever lifestyle they wanted. Uh, Los Angeles' image is envied by the world. I was in Barcelona, Spain two and a half years ago, and I saw, you know, images of, of, of e- even in Spain where they looked at Los Angeles as being the place to be. And every, everyone wanted to come to L.A. Everyone wanted to be an actor, an actress in, in L.A. When I, when I used to work yeah. there, Roxanne, I'd meet people from uh, Chicago and Kansas, and they, and they would be busing tables. And I would say, well, what do you do? You know, what are you doing in Los Angeles coming from Kansas? And Roxanne, they would say, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actress. I want to be a musician. I want to be what everyone sees outside of L.A. I want to be that. And they're looking to get their big break. So here, here's my two-part question. When did people in L.A. begin to say, we are starting to see infringements on our life, liberty and pursuit of happiness and the second question what change of heart have has have you seen within the hollywood community of actors camera crews small business owners and even some of the hollywood elites producers and 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 uh and and people you know movers and shakers that's a good one and and actually what's really interesting is that it's it's all sort of wrapped up in in that myth of the people coming here as totally creative, iconoclastic, you know, theater geeks and people who were um, not the necessarily the the height of popularity in high school. And actually, O.J. Simpson said to me that L.A. was so great because the best looking kid in every small town in America comes here. Mm-hmm. And so the geek school is, is gorgeous. Um, But there's a darker side to that and that it's that it turns out a lot of people who 
I thought were creative, individualistic artists were more like the you really like me, you really, really like me version of that. And they don't have the cojones to stand for anything. And so there's a lot more lemmings than, than you'd think. It, you know, if you get people who are willing to be comedians or, you know, which, which entails putting yourself out there on a daily basis or musicians and the kind of people who spent their formative years, you know, locked in a garage playing guitar until their fingers bled. Mm-hmm. Those people coming out here you think would stand up for in free-thinking people. And so two things happened. One is, um, if you come to L.A., you're definitely sort of a corporate, um, you know, your dream is television and film. And so that you have to behave so that the gatekeepers let you in. But the other thing is that it became pretty clear pretty soon that you, you keep your free-thinking thoughts to yourself. So in 2012, I think it is, 2011, I mentioned to someone at my kid's private school that I did not think, and I was really going out there, right? I was really putting myself out there, that I did not think that George W. Bush had actually been Hitler. I thought that Hitler was Hitler, but I, 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 I posited that perhaps we were using some really strong comparisons and, that, and because at the time they were they were saying that Mitt Romney was also going to be the next Hitler and I discovered that there's an underground of people who all feel alone and it is completely analogous to the gay movement in you know back in Stonewall days of people staying in the closet as Chadwick Moore says it's easier to come out as gay to Republican friends than Republican to gay friends. And so I, in retrospect, made it my mission to make people comfortable around me, no matter what their political views were. And I discovered there's a critical mass of people here. We have more registered Republicans in LA County than any other county in America. Obviously, we're outnumbered by Democrats, but we've done a real disservice by acting as if were invisible. There are people here who will tell me to my, you know, to my face, I, there are no Republicans here. And then I say, well, you just, you're, you're talking to one. Um, and so the industry has always been sort of, there's a lot of mixed messaging there, right? The, the message of every movie, as Bill Little says, is very conservative. You're, you're not, you're not selling a superhero movie where the solution is come to by a strongly worded memo from a committee of diverse people in suits, right? It's a guy in a fast car with a gun. Sometimes it's a girl in a fast car with a gun. Sometimes it's a group of guys with a fast car with a gun. But the message is, save yourself. And this this person can help save you. And so they've, they've, that's been the messaging, but the thinking above the line, if you want to fit in, was oh, we're going to give in huge amounts to only one team. And we're going to talk about only one team. But all the sets I've been on, I've always, and this is probably why I'm, I've been a um, middle ground actor for so long, I'm always way more comfortable with the crew. Um, because the crew has always understood 
what's what and where your bread is buttered. And and a lot of people that we think of as stars who sort of march in pink pussy hats or, you know, tear down the blow up the White House, they're the people who are completely totalitarian in their personal impulses and very autocratic and would love to have a monarchy with them at the head. You can't speak to them. You can't look at them. You can't sit at their table when craft service um, comes out. So I don't need to be lectured on egalitarianism by those people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you, you said a mouthful there because, you know, when people watch movies, and this is sort of the, the, the disconnect that I think a lot of Americans are experience they see movies like Captain America and they see the you know the Marvel series they see the the uh, the, the, the good guy saves the world so what you're basically telling me in, in a sense is that even some of those those movies that we see behind the scenes you know after the after everyone gets paid they go back to thinking like like you just mentioned about being uh, totalitarianistic and things like that. Well, and, and, and then interestingly enough, movies now have are transitioning. Their, their worldview is seeping into movies, which is why they, excuse my language, suck, <laughs> right? Now it's, um, it, it is, they are trying to sell us movies where a committee and, you know, an, an 115-pound girl who is trans and um, espouses the end of capitalism is the savior, which is kind of a hard fell. <laughs> and here's the, I mean, we, we talk a lot about hypocrisy, but do as I say, not as I do, should be the only thing that we ascribe to leftists. And again, I don't even say Democrats or liberals, it, it's complete leftists. But I know a lot of them because I live here behind the blue curtain. And I'll tell you, maybe, maybe one or two are doing the things for their kids that they're saying that government should do. In other words, they're saying, let's eliminate standardized testing because they think clearly that black people are not capable, which is incredibly racist, yes. but their kids are getting test prep and, 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 getting, and doing the testing. They say we need to eliminate art and music history and Western civilization because those things are racist. Their kids are going with them to see the Mona Lisa in the Louvre and they're going to the opera and they're getting training in classical violin and piano. They say, oh, you know, single parenthood is the best thing ever and that who are we to judge uh, you know, any lifestyle choice. Their kids are getting they're graduating high school. It's the success principle, right? Larry Elder talks about it. Ian Rowe talks about it in his book. You graduate high school, you get married before you have a child, and you have a job, and that's a 97% indicator you will not live in poverty. Mm -hmm. But they're not doing that. They're getting, their kids are getting married because mm -hmm. marriages make family networks. It isn't even about the couple it's that if you marry if someone marries my brother that person becomes then my family they're my sister-in-law they're my brother-in-law and so when things go wrong for that person or for me that's who I can turn to but some random person who just had a baby with my 
sibling 20 years ago, eh. <laughs> they're hard yeah. to family. Yeah, so you're detailing what the definition of hypocrisy is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Here's a side question since you mentioned that. What do you think the trend, what do you think the trend is now? Because, you know, Republicans versus Democrat. I don't believe it's, I don't believe we have those two uh, pillars anymore. I believe it's more freedom versus uh, non-freedom. And I, and I think maybe people who voted a certain way 10, 20 years ago may not vote the same way they voted 10 to 20 years ago. Uh, Forget when, when, 20 years yeah, when, ago. Yes. I've, people, I've got people with Biden stickers still on their car going, what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And actually, not even about Republican Democrats, because I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the people we thought were on Team Freedom are not so interested in anything but team re-election and team me, me, me and fundraising. And so it's really insiders versus outsiders, which really sort of explains quite neatly the advent of Donald Trump as president. You know, we had a field of 17 really interesting um, variety of establishment long-term politicians, lawyers, you know, the standard type um, who run for president. It was a, it was a deep bench. Mm-hmm. And holy moly, that was, uh, he decimated them. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> because he was an outsider. And so that's what people are looking for now because we've noticed, here's the good part about the lockdown, is that People realized that there was a lot of string pulling going on and that people were not who they said they were. People who were great defenders of freedom, when it comes down to the vote, they're not defending squats. People who should who say they're fiscal conservatives and yet vote to send $40 billion to Ukraine when we've got babies who can't find, you know, parents who can't find formula for their babies and cities that look like burned out war zones. And in California, we're going to have to choose to water our lawns on even an odd number of days based on where we live. And if you've got an electric car, you can't charge it. I mean, what the heck? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it, it would be more uh, realistic and, and more sort of uh, it, it, the, the message would penetrate more if people could not buy Jordans instead of <laughs> instead of milk for infants. <laughs> it, it would have to it would have to sink to that level uh, where people say, oh, "I can't buy Jordans, so we must have a problem in this country." Yeah. Well, so. And- and I think those are, I think we're all noticing, but the politicians are, are acting as if everything's fine. They're so out of touch, which is why the founders created this beautiful system that was meant for a moral people and not a, a professional political class where regular citizens, whether they were of high station or low, whether you were a farmer or a businessman or a homemaker, you would go off serve for a time and then get out to have to live under the rules that you created. And instead, we have people 
I mean, in L.A., I'm sure you all know the saga of Eric Garcetti, our uh, mayor, who was nominated to go to be the ambassador to India. And he's having a little bit of a problem getting his confirmation through. And so some radio hosts were speaking. What is Eric, who, by the strength of his dad's name, who was the, the DA, got elected to everything. And as God, you know, they cycle through every office. People think, oh, well, I know what the solution is, term limits. No, because then they just move from office to office and the bureaucracy gets even more power and has less accountability. But I'll leave that aside for the second. So, you know, Eric Garcetti, he's been this, he's been that, he's been assembly there. And so he's been mayor. What will he do if he doesn't get to be ambassador? And I wanted to scream, he could get a freaking job. Yes. He could go. He could go to work. He could get out of politics. There's Mm -hmm. why, as everyone acting as if once in, they're never out. Yeah, that's right. And for Heather Vernillo, running for the same job that you are in in, in St. Petersburg, uh, Pinellas County, I hope you hear that because that's the same thing Heather said that's running for the same uh, position that you're running for. And it's true. These candidates, once they, they're in for two to three terms or, or longer, Roxanne, they believe that they own that county. They believe they mm-hmm. it's theirs. It's, it's like the Scarface movie. It's it's mine. <laughs> you know that that blimp that was that was uh, floating in the air with when when, um, when Tony Montana said it's mine. The world is mine. That's that's the that's the the feeling that they have once they serve. You know for 10, 20, 30 years, they believe the county, the city, the city council, the school board is theirs, and it needs to stop. And, and they're not they're not wrong. I mean, L.A. is 10 million people, and I don't know how many um, have actually been indicted, but we have, I think, three active investigations in our city council. So the city of L.A. is 4 million people. So out of those 4 million, um, there's 15 city councilmen, 15 or 16, and they, um, one is in jail, and a couple are being indicted, and so one is currently in the midst of his trial. And so they needed to appoint someone as a guardian for his seat while he's under this incredible cloud of, of suspicion and investigation. And who did they pick? Someone who had already served on the city council and turned out and who himself had huge, huge um, legal problems and, and, and a cloud of suspicion over him. Out of four million people, they went back to the same guy as if no one else in the city of four million dollars could possibly do the job of listening to constituents and voting on legislation. Wow. Wow. Roxanne, here's my my next question. I love what you're doing. I mean, I love it a lot. And that's the reason why I wanted to invite you to be a podcast guest. I really because you're bringing a message that I think is stronger than I would say 99 percent of the people that I see running across this country. So kudos to you. When you speak to L.A. County District 3 residents, and again, you've, you've been throughout L.A. County delivering your message very well. What are the people's top concerns? Well, it depends, again, for 2.1 million people, depends on their perspective. So parents of school-age children are on fire with the heat of a thousand suns <laughs> in the case of medical freedom and of not allowing an unelected bureaucrat with no medical experience 
to dictate, um, a, 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 as Leanna Wen calls it, um, facial decorations. Um, to hamp- that hamper their social and emotional development and, and to, to close down schools and to say, you know, what the schools have to decide when we are such a large county. That's their top issue. But all of us, all of us are in grave danger from, it's, 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 a tr- it's really a, a, a package deal of the crime and homelessness um, quality of life issues. The fact that even in the valley where I live, you know, with in a picket fence neighborhood, at any moment an RV can has pull up outside your house and disgorge human waste, and the person can smoke meth, and there's nothing you can do. That your kid's school. They could walk to the local Starbucks after school, but they have to run a gauntlet in the freeway underpass of tents, beautiful tents, by the way, provided by the Homeless Services Industrial Complex, um, inside which is happening rape, porn, drug use, um, chop shops for stolen bicycles, um, that you can't park your car in your driveway and walk into your house without keeping your head on a swivel to make sure you aren't attacked and killed like has happened even in Beverly Hills to someone, a wonderful lady who had private security, that you can't go on public transportation like this nurse Sandra Shell did without being attacked and killed. By the way, public transportation, which Gavin Newsom thinks we all should take to instead of getting a break off the gas tax in L.A. County, 5,700 people live on the trains and buses nightly. Live. They're open. They're moving. They're mobile um, mental institutions slash porta potty. So there is. We're living in Gotham mm. in the bad days. Wow. Well, my son could attest to. Uh, he lives out. He lives pretty close to Santa Monica. He can attest to having to look out his window to see if his car is still in one piece and it's still there and not um, vandalized or uh, graffiti on his car. So you're absolutely correct about that. Wow, that's a scary thing. It's not just sort of a skid, oh, skid row. You know, I didn't know Tucker Carlson did something where they came down and they filmed it skid row. No, 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 it's not just skid row. And by the way, every one of those tents and represent a broken human being mm-hmm. that we should it, we should have compassion for and the compassion does not mean letting them die slowly in their cells on the street but it is everywhere i mean and again santa monica very nice place i was talking to a lady um mature lady who worked really hard and has a beautiful condo in a walkable area they're getting broken into by homeless people once a week. Cops told her to get. Do you guys remember um, the club for your car? Well, mm-hmm. they, they remember they made a club for your door. You could. It's a metal thing, and you stick it underneath your your door handle. So if someone tries to break in your door, it, it stops it. That's what they recommended for inside her beautiful condo. Mm-hmm. Because they can't guarantee that that someone's not going to come after her in the middle of the night. Wow, is Venice Beach in your district? 
Venice Beach is in the district. Yes, yeah, Venice Beach, um, Santa Monica, Malibu, Malibu Heights, all the way up to the Ventura County line that goes across Westlake, Agura, Calabasas, all the way to Sun Valley, down through North Hollywood, and then to Hollywood, West Hollywood, and Beverly Hills, and cuts back over through part of Culver City and then back around to Venice. It's wow. over That's a huge area. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know all those areas. Uh, Ladera Heights, yeah. is, is that in your area? No, that's in Ladera that's Heights is further south of the yeah. And they just, so the other interesting thing about this race is that they redrew the district lines. So it's actually, um, Sheila Kuehl, it was hopping mad because it is not, uh, it, is, it is no longer has the really well healed, reliably progressive votes for her. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting. We'll see. Like I said, there's three establishment politicians who jumped in. And what's interesting is that public radio, which is funded partly by tax dollars, um, CBS, other outlets, they're acting as if those three people are the only three in the race. There are three others. And they're, the criterion they use, including polling that was done before the, the race was closed um, or polling that was done without our names on it or they're saying well you know we're really just talking to the people with a history of elected office which is an interesting criteria to have <laughs> end up leaving out the immigrant black woman um, there's uh, an LGB guy there's you know working class people running and again these are the people who purport to be for inclusivity it's just odd Yes, uh, that that is very, and that's some. And I'm glad you're providing this information, Roxanne, because people, you know, based on what I've been hearing, and I've been kind of following this thing for ten years, uh, the media, and just people are not really attached to uh, to to political races. So I think now, just like you said, people are more. They have their ear to the to the wall now. They're listening more, and more people are informed because they were forced to be informed with these COVID lockdowns. I got two more questions because I know you have a busy day ahead of you. If you had to give a report to Los Angeles County residents about the current conditions in LA, what rate would you give Los Angeles on a scale from one to 10 with 10 being, folks, there's no problem at all. And one, we are in trouble. Uh, we, we're we're at one, one or two, maybe two, because we're not all, you know, we haven't had a summer of rage yet. You talk to me in the summer. But the good news that it's all been purposeful. It has all been, you know, much like um, when you hold a, a, a basketball under the water. It, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of activity and energy to hold it down. And when you let it go, it, it, it'll bounce way into the air. And so L.A. can come back if we elect someone like Rick Caruso, someone like Mel Wilson, basically anyone but Karen Bass, Kevin DeLeon, the far left. If we elect people who know how to run businesses, who know how to listen to all sides and come to the right conclusion, not the conclusion that they're paid off to come to, we, the world is our oyster. This place is paradise. You're right. A friend I was just talking to yesterday said, you know, LA used to be Jerusalem. It was the promised land where mm-hmm. people would and, and come here, the best, the brightest, the most interesting. And you can do and be anything here. And there's, even in LA County, there are 
microclimates and small towns, and it's a collection of villages, really, even though mm-hmm. it's 10 million people. We should be booming. At the very least, we should have, for the high taxes that we pay, we should have clean streets. I feel like there's, that should be a baseline thing that we can all agree on, clean, safe streets. But guess what? They don't. The hard left does not agree with that. They are interested in crushing Sheriff Alex Villanueva, who has jurisdiction over 3,000 of the 4,000 miles, uh, square miles of L.A. territory. But he's also charged with maintaining public safety in the public square. And that's why he was able to go to Venice and to clean up an encampment there. Mm-hmm. We need people with the will to let go of that basketball and let us bounce back. We could be at a 10 in, in six months. Yes, yes, you're right. And since you mentioned the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, which I know pretty well, I want to give a shots out to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles on Gower. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite spots when I, when I go to L.A. Uh, so here's my last question before you can uh, let people know how to support you. Do you feel betrayed by L.A. County or city elected officials like Sheila Cool? She's, it's hard to be betrayed when she's been so clear in her, you know, she, there was no bait and switch. There was no bait and switch. I'm betrayed by people who should have organized a, a meaningful opposition. I'm betrayed by people who are very Eorish in their outlook and go, <laughs> well, it doesn't make a difference. Why should I bother to vote in LA? Why should I bother to vote in California? I mean, people get really excised about um, voter fraud and we'll never win. Well, I'll guarantee you, you won't win if you don't suit up and get on the field and take a damn shot. Mm-hmm. And if, if every single person who's Republican or identifies as conservative or even just has a bit of common sense would vote, would have voted in the recall, would have voted in the, California would be purple. If you look at the electoral map on the county by county level or even, you know, the population heat map, California has a lot of red in it. But we have a lot of people who won't get off their butts and who like to whine and kvetch. And there's no time for that. And that's, I think, the most important thing I can say to people is that we have two general elections. We do not have a primary and and, a, and, a, and then a general. We have a, a general right now. Everyone has a ballot in their house right now. Take it in, mail it in, drop it off. I don't care how you do it, but do it. And don't go down rabbit holes of they're going to throw it away. Look, you can track your ballot. You can do it however you want to, but do it before the seventh. Because then we fall prey to, oh my God, look how many votes the Republic, the Democrats have turned in in the mail. It's no use. I won't even bother. <laughs> the truth is that I was recruited to run by a group of Democrat moms. They're more motivated than what passes for the Los Angeles Republican movement. They're the ones who helped me do a candidate training in my house for people. Demo- I'm telling you, serious Democrats with the receipts from Act Blue, with, you know, Kamala Harris t-shirts, this little, that little girl with me in their closet. They're done. And they didn't fall for the 
hey, look over here at Roe versus Wade. They're still motivated. So if they can be motivated, your conservative church-going butt can get motivated too. Don't tell me that politics is not something you want to be involved in. It's time because everyone's lives are at stake. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Roxanne, does the super, is that a uh, an adjective to... Uh, to describe your 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 heightened sense of, of of this election, or is the super part of supervisor? It's both. Look, we have so many people that are um, make a ton of money consulting in politics in California, and by again. Both parties, the Uniparty, they use California as an ATM and they act as if it's the same as everywhere else. We're not, we're not normal. And, you know, my husband's from New York and he says, you know, New Yorkers get really involved in the mayoral race. Like everyone knows who's running and when it is. And in California, we're just sort of chill. We're like, oh, is there an election coming up? So I didn't want to be, because I'm not, I'm not part of the political class. I'm not normal. I'm not going to do things the normal way. And to break through the 154 races that are in the ballot, on the ballot in Los Angeles County right now through June 7th. Um, yeah, supervisor, super mom, super rock band. It's easy. It's word association. It's marketing. Um, I have a, a great little, I think I sent it to you. I'm not sure. A radio ad that's, you know, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's super mom. Because we have to realize that we are capable of saving ourselves. And we can start by turning this very unheralded, very quiet, but unbelievably powerful, more powerful than the governors of 40 states collectively. We can flip a switch on this body um, with an earthquake in June. I love it. I love it. Well, Roxanne at superroxanne.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-R-O-X-A-N-N-E.com. This podcast interview will rank as my best one. I, I'm, I'm just not saying that. Aww. I'm serious because you you pretty much told, you checked all the boxes in terms of letting people know where we stand, how the common man and woman, whether you dig a ditch for a living or whether you're you know, putting out a, a $50 million movie or something or more, you have uh, let the people know that anyone can, can be successful, uh, Jamaican immigrant, uh, Hollywood actress, uh, doing her thing and now she sees trouble coming so I want to thank you for being a podcast guest today on the Real People USA podcast please close us out and uh, I, I want to thank you for being a guest thank you so much you're doing you're doing great work and yes yeah, super mom for supervisor superrockstand.com spread the word on social media whether you live in LA or not if anyone has um, you know um, five bucks to spare that's great too but really spreading the word is the most important thing we can do absolutely so thank you Roxanne uh, my name is Rick Napier the CEO at Real People USA LLC our website is rpusa.org telephone number and I always give my telephone number people people can call me anytime it's 726 999 take care and make it a great day